Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Monday, but don't worry, because I'm here with Alyssa Farah Griffin. This is Behind the Table. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Brian. All right, so we've got a lot to talk about, and we're going to start with what's going on on the show. Uh, Today, we talked about the latest polls that have Trump leading over Biden in some critical states. Now, we all know uh, we're not necessarily all fans of polls, but this is pretty, this is New York Times. This is a year out. Are you surprised by this? I actually was surprised by how significant the margins were. Um, I Listen, I do actually take a dose of the Whoopi Goldberg skepticism of polls, um, whether it was Hillary Clinton in 2016, the midterms and the red wave that didn't materialize. Um, and I think there is a generational issue of a lot of us that cut the cord or never had a cord, um, aren't necessarily were undersurveyed at times in polls. But these are a five alarm fire for the Biden administration. Um, he he's underperforming significantly where Hillary was in 2016. And in the makeup of our electoral system is it's basically five states that are ultimately going to determine the outcome of this election. I was stunned by the Nevada numbers in particular. Um, a lot can change in a year. And so I, I say this as somebody who had the distinct privilege of being one of the few people who works for a one-term president. Um, <laughs> there is a power to the incumbency. Um, you 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 look like you know you you're in the presidency. You have the built-in you know visual of people seeing you lead on the world stage. And I give Joe Biden a lot of credit on both his handling of Ukraine and the conflict in Israel. But on the flip side, you get blamed for everything that goes wrong. Um, and we're in a very kind of tenuous moment right now between the war in the Middle East uh, to, you know, the domestic concerns we're dealing with, the economy. So, I I mean, when people like my friend David Axelrod, who was a chief advisor to President Obama, instrumental in him getting elected in 2008, is saying about one of the smartest you're going to come by, and who also, by the way, loves Joe Biden and thinks he's a phenomenal president, when he's saying, guys, we need to take these seriously, I think you do need to. So it's interesting to me, in your opinion, if someone, let's say, Joe Biden decided, you know what, I've had enough. I've done great this these four years, but I'm going to hand off the baton and, and Kamala's going to do it with me. Do you think that someone else, regardless of who it is, would immediately do better against Trump? Yes, um, I do think so. I think that two factors um, are significant in, in Biden's numbers, which um, are age. I know it's a tough one. I know it's a dicey issue. And also Donald Trump is not significant. Kinley younger. He's only four years younger, right. but 71 percent in this poll said that the age was a concern. And um, and then just the, the the length of the numbers. No one has been as consistently unpopular or underperformed since Jimmy Carter, who was a one term president. I think a Gretchen Whitmer, I think a Gavin Newsom. Now, um, even Gavin Newsom with all the, the, the baggage I mean, from I would, California as, as a Republican, and everything else. I'd love yeah. to run a campaign against Gavin Newsom, but I think that he would have the cachet and star power to take on Trump. I reject this idea that Democrats will tell you, um, you know, only Biden can beat Trump, but also Trump is historically unfit and unpopular. I think it's a myth on both sides. I think there are a number of Democrats who could beat Trump. And I also think that I, I think that 
Joe Biden is probably not their best option. Uh, all right. Well, so one of the we've got a really great week this week coming up. Um, we've got uh, big stars and Tyler Perry and um, John Legends coming on. But we also have Hillary Clinton coming on this week. And obviously a year out from the election, this is something to talk to her about. What, what are you excited to find out from Hillary Clinton? I'm, I mean, as soon as I saw these polling numbers come out, I wanted to get her take on it. Um, she, I mean, she's obviously a very savvy political mind, but she also knows that you can be surprised and lose to Donald Trump, even when common wisdom is saying otherwise. So I definitely want to get her feedback here. The, the million dollar question to me is if you think that Donald, that Donald Trump's an existential threat to American democracy, which I agree he is, is Joe Biden, in fact, the greatest fighter to put up? So I'm curious her take on that. She's also got incredible, um, you know, quite a bit of experience dealing with the Middle East. So I'm very curious to hear her thoughts on Israel, Palestine. How do we, um, you know, balance the humanitarian concerns in Gaza, but also stand with our ally Israel? She made a lot of news talking about the idea of of calling for a ceasefire. So that'll be interesting. Because I will give her this. um, As a critic of both hers and Biden's, they have the decades of experience and knowledge in these regions where they don't sort of have that young progressive idealism of like, well, in an ideal world, there'd be, you know, this is what it would look like tomorrow. They have kind of that grit that comes with having seen this over the past, you know, several decades. Um, So I'm super curious to get her take. Well, there was another topic we didn't get to today about how Trump has allegedly begun mapping out specific plans for using the federal government to punish critics and opponents if he wins a second term. I would imagine as a critic and opponent of Donald Trump, this is something that would resonate with you. I'm not kidding. I saw the headline. It was Washington Post. My friend Josh Dossie was one of the bylines on it. And I was like, I'm going to wait to click on that because it's going to give me so much anxiety. Um, Listen, it's super it's very serious. Uh, This he specifically is talking about some of the most prominent people who've criticized him. So General John Kelly, Bill Barr. But they're putting in place plans to use the weaponize the Department of Justice if Donald Trump is president to go after people who were detractors. I think that's includes people like myself, people like Olivia Troy, Cassidy Hutchinson. I think they start at the top with, you know, the cabinet level detractors. But there's also something scary in this piece, which is. They're making plans to quell civil unrest if Trump is elected and there ends up being protests in the street. Um, So what they want to do is use the Insurrection Act to call up the military to kind of like tamp down protests on American soil. The fact that this is what he's thinking about and not how do I bring down costs for Americans? How do I bring down gas prices? How do I make college more affordable? How do I make it so, you know, millennials can dream of owning a home in, you know, the next 10 years? He's talking about punishing his detractors. and He's talking about weaponizing government for his own gain. I don't know what more people need to hear, like from the lips of someone who knows Donald Trump, who worked for him and once supported him. This man is so dangerous. Wow. All right. It's really chilling. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more about it on the show and in general. Woodward and Bernstein, pen and paper, wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort. 
thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash view. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, let's switch gears a little bit to something that um, I know you were paying a lot of attention to pop culture wise this weekend. And that, of course, was the game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm sorry. BravoCon. Nope. BravoCon. <laughs> yes. That's what it was. Switching gears to Bravo. BravoCon was this weekend. And for those who don't know, um, it's kind of like Comic-Con for Bravo fans. This is how I break it down. <laughs> yes. um, each show, they do these panels and they answer questions from fans. And it's really become kind of like the epicenter of fandom of if you're a housewife person, if you're in that world, if you're an Andy Cohen fan, um, what were your biggest takeaways? Um, well, I was living for it. I wish I could have been there, but it was in Las Vegas. Uh, producer Vicky and I need to go next year. But I mean, it had a little bit of everything. This is the Mecca for Bravo fans. Um, all of I mean, I watch it first and foremost for the fashion and then to see the previews of what's coming up, like what the next seasons are going to look like. OK, big takeaway pants are not optional. For some reason, half of the women, it seemed like, were wearing like actual underwear as shorts. Listen, I love a hot pant, but like it's got to be closer to a short than underwear for it to be a fashion statement. Love Paige DeSorbo from Summer House. I, I look to her for fashion advice, but that was that was a mistake to me. I, did, I was not here for it. So this was called to my attention this morning. Several people showed me these photos to prep for this interview. It, it, they definitely look like underwear or the bottom half of a bathing suit. 
I'm confused by it, but did they coordinate? Is that like, or well, is this just the news? This is what's coming down it, it's and it's going to be. Down. I think it's just, I think it's a lot of the nineties nostalgia, mm-hmm. but like even more of like a really short short I could get on board with the ones that were like actual underwear. It's just a little too much. And she's phenomenally attractive and has a great body and can wear anything. But fashion sometimes less is more or mm-hmm. actually more is more. <laughs> um, so, OK, fashion, those that was my what that was my takeaway. But then also there's like so much drama on the horizon with whether it's Summer House, Lindsay and Carl or um, obviously Vanderpump, which we talked about on the show. I'm very excited for the new season. All right, Well, tell me about the Vanderpump panel, because Tom got booed and wore a skirt. Speaking of, oh, well, of okay, lower that, halves, explain y- this. To thank me. you for reminding me the yeah. other my that was my other fashion miss. He literally wore like it's like a <laughs> denim kilt kind of vibe. Okay. He, it's just Tom Sandoval tries too hard. Mm-hmm. Like that that is the biggest takeaway is it's like the weird combat boots with a skirt. No one needed it. Um, he did get booed. I think rightly so. Here's the thing. Um, I think people were probably, myself included, too hard on the young woman involved in the Scandaval affair because she did ultimately apologize. She left the f- the show. She sought mental health treatment. So she's clearly recognized she did something wrong and is trying to improve herself. He's done none of the sort. He's taken no responsibility. And there was this this side interview he did at BravoCon where he said Ariana, the ex of nine years who he cheated on with her friend, had stank face the whole time, meaning she was like giving him mean looks. Like, just be classy for once. Just try it for a day, Tom Sandoval. Right. I mean, I'm no stranger to stank face as executive producer of The View. My husband gets stank face daily, but he doesn't like talk (laughs) about it in front of people. (laughs) It happens. I get it directed at me occasionally, so I know the power of it. Um, All right. And Summer House. Talk to me about that. So this um, Summer House was interesting. So two of the longest standing characters on Summer House, Lindsay and Carl, Mm -hmm. um, who were like best friends on the show, dated other people, eventually got engaged last year. And it kind of came as a surprise when they did. They moved very quickly. Like it was like six months into the relationship. They move in, then they're getting engaged and they're planning the wedding. Um, Well, he called it off shortly ago. Um, And... It became people were like, is this Scandaval 2.0? He betrayed her. He called in cameras to break up with her. Um, I think we got more insight into it after the weekend. So Carl is sober. He'd lost his brother to alcohol and drugs. So it's this is something in the Bravo universe I think everyone has to grapple with. There was this big piece on kind of the culture of the shows, which is a lot of the drama does revolve around booze. It's a fact. Like if my, if you'd filmed my 20s, it would have looked very similar. Messy you know, arguments, fighting, breaks, breakups, et cetera, all right. fueled by everyone having a little too much to drink. Um, I just wanted to say that, like, I think he deserves some grace because it's hard to be in a partnership if you're working on your sobriety when you're constantly around alcohol and where the other partner isn't. So that was my one shout out, Carl. Stay strong in the sobriety journey. Well, let's talk about this because uh, I think it was Vanity Fair, actually, the, oh, the yeah, big expose, the Bravo expose. Um, they said it was a really toxic working environment, which is something, a phrase that gets thrown around yeah. a lot. Um, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm not there. I don't know what's happening there, but the big issues were the drinking and, and in one article, um, an anonymous housewife says she didn't want to lose her quote nightmare of a dream job. (laughs) What do you make of that statement? Well, I mean, I think it's very true. Remember when we had Lala Kent on from Vanderpump Rules? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Whoopi asked her, you know, would you consider leaving the show? And she's like, oh, no, and none of us will. We, we wanted to be famous and on TV more than anything. And I think that's I, I appreciated how honest it was. Because be careful I, what you wish for. Right. Yeah. I, because I think that on the one hand, this is these people are if you watch Bravo Con, they are full fledged celebrities. People are lining up to take pictures. So there's this exciting, wonderful side and all the doors it opens for side projects. But there is some toxicity. What I picked up in the Vanity Fair piece, which 
for Bravo fans, we were all kind of waiting to see what was there. The one thing that they must correct, like racism. Ebony Williams, a friend of the show, has spoken out about this. She was a victim of horrible, horrible treatment when she was on Real Housewives of New York. Um, I think the the network's gone really far in trying to have more diversity in the cast. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't it sounds like some of the bad actors were not punished quickly enough for like the behind the scenes uh, drama and and just outright racist comments that were made. So that's an area to grow um, that's fundamental. The other stuff was I felt like. It concerned me the, the the alcohol part of it and like 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 imagine if you you would never be in this sure. position but we're like you know here have another glass of wine and fight with Sunny like that's kind of what they what it sounds like they do yeah, that's the opposite of what it's I want the opposite I, I, I'm gonna be honest though Sunny's very fun when she has a drink or two but um, oh, you all are <laughs> yes but I listen I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from it I'm a diehard Bravo fan I love Andy Cohen um, I think that I hope that they take to heart some of the very clear things. Some of it was a little more ambiguous and it might be show-based or it might be like based on the characters. Reality TV is not for everyone. I, it wouldn't be good for me. It'd be bad for my mental health. I'll never do I it. I was going to ask, but you'd never do it under any circumstances. No, this is the, clo- the views the closest to reality TV I would ever do. <laughs> well, it's real. Yeah. You did uh, You did say like, oh, maybe dancing with the stars once. That, right? Okay. I, mm-hmm. Like a competition I would do, but not like where I'm bringing my personal life in. And, yeah. You know, my marriage is too sacred. My my quiet time is too sacred. See, for me, so I just I think being in television production, I all I do is see the strings. All I do is see the producer made her say that five times before mm-hmm. it got cut and, and the edits and things like that. My wife was a reality show casting director for a long oh, time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she used to cast a Wife Swap. Do you remember that I, show? That, yes. And she did some other stuff too. But um, so did Sarah Palin go on that at one point? Uh, she didn't do the celebrity version. Okay, but, but yes, yeah. 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 And uh, <laughs> she made some celebrities that way. Yeah. But so for me, it's always like I, I'm not as interested in it because I, I see the producers working behind the scenes. Yeah, I like actual real life. There, there's enough drama in real life to Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. So now the other exciting thing, this is really good. You're celebrating your two year wedding anniversary today. Yes. Happy woo, anniversary. Thank you. When when you started on the guest uh, guest hosting on the show, you weren't even married, which is crazy. That's, I know. Uh, it feels Time's like it was flown. yesterday. Um, what have the first two years been like? Amazing. Um, I'm That's so great. no, I'm so lucky. Um, yeah, actually, the first time I guest hosted was one month until my wedding. And I remember I was like wedding anxiety, guest hosting the view anxiety, yeah. the whole thing. Um, way more drama and stress in the lead up to the wedding. Marriage is, I don't want to take for granted because we're in the honeymoon phase, but it's really fun. Like the, the, the dumbest, best advice is marry your best friend, like the person you want to go home to. Um, and you know, there's, there are always going to be learning curves. I'm still working on like the cleanliness thing. I'm the messy (laughs) one. Justin's like very, very clean and type A. Um, but I'm so happy. I, I, I said to him this morning, I was like, I want to. Li- I need to live into my late 80s because I want to have a 50th anniversary with you. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. That's great. How are you guys celebrating? Um, we're gonna. We're waiting till celebrate till Friday night because I want to. You know, focus. I'm focus on the work week, but we're gonna mm-hmm. go to our favorite spot on the Upper East Side. So it's like amazing Italian food. Um, and we're doing couples massages the next day, which I'm very excited oh, about. That's great. So. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, that's really sweet and uh, happy anniversary. And, and those, Thank you. that's really fun. Um, do you guys exchange gifts or no? So we don't on anniversaries, mm-hmm. though. I'm going to don't put pressure on him. I kind of bet he did get me something or at least got me flowers. But we've kind of had a rule because it can become between like 
birthdays, Christmas, Valentine's Day. Like, mm-hmm. we want to focus on saving and spending, you know, creating the best lives for our kids. Look at you. That's great. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, congratulations. Enjoy it. And uh, thank you for spending some time with me today. Of this was course. fun. All right. So we got a big week, like I said. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, tomorrow, I'll be back with Sarah Haynes. And if you get a moment, um, a lot of you put up reviews this weekend when we asked for them last week. I really appreciate it. Go to our podcast page, leave a review, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. Actually, just tell us what you like. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.